0: yeah i i kind of helped negotiate a deal with netflix via rte and then yeah that opened us up to like canada america australia and before the whole covid thing hit i was doing a couple of gigs in the uk and i found it really funny to see lads coming to my to my show going yeah jerkin what's the story with you and i'm like where are you from essex mate <laughs> i'm like <laughs> 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 <Not lads>. interesting <laughs> It's pretty weird, Connor, like I'll have lads from like Long Island going, what's the story with you? <laughs> hey, where's your Mitzi Turbo? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, 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 Boston, yeah, yeah, your yeah. owl lady's got wings.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn, and this is a show where I get to chat to the most interesting people I know. On the show this week, I was thrilled to be joined by actor, musician, writer and all around gentleman, it was of course the brilliant Martin Maloney, or who you may be more familiar with as Eddie Durkin from the Hardy Books. We chatted about Martin's childhood growing up in Liverpool and then meeting madness in Ireland, the explosion of the Hardy Boys, and how it transformed Martin's life to something that he never thought could have happened with everything from Nights Out with the Gallagher brothers and Harry Styles to Netflix deals and even The Apprentice and uh, yeah, basically everything else under the sun that you could have ever imagined. But of course, never forgetting where you're coming from. This chat with Martin was just i mean i was not prepared for it so uh you guys i feel like would absolutely love it i had such a pleasure having the chat with him and i was just i just again i'm still at all like about the amount of stories that this man has just lived through um and what he's up to now you guys are going to absolutely adore this episode so without further ado please enjoy my chat with the wonderful martin maloney well, welcome back to another episode of interviews on the show. This week, I uh, it's been it's been a bit of a journey getting this all together. Uh, a man that I thought I'd be able to, you know, just grab the phone real quickly, turns out to actually not even be in Ireland. Uh, to my surprise, uh, it is of course uh, Martin Maloney. How's it going, Martin? Hello, Connor. <laughs> How are you? Tell us, uh, Martin, where are you calling from today? Because this shocked me, fucking me trying to set up this interview, and I completely pissed up the time. You're asking about time zones, and I was going, have I got the right guy for this? Like, honestly, I mean, your WhatsApp picture doesn't give a lot away as well, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it was was an old picture I did of uh, (laughs) Gorn from Star Trek The Next Generation on Donald Trump's body with an (laughs) 18th font saying, all business, all the time, and that was that was like I think I did that in like 2014 because mm. everyone you know, before everyone started uh, getting on the, the hate of Trump train, everyone was like, Oh, I love the American Apprentice, it's great. Did you see a man from Poison, Brett Michaels? He won it. Uh, where <laughs> I, I was always like, God, how does that dude make money? but <laughs> so I just thought it'd be funny to take, I don't know if you've ever seen that they it it was on youtube as the worst fight scene ever and it was basically this kind of green lizard from the first star trek series wrestling captain kirk and you can actually see the the fight is so absurd that william (laughs) william shatner actually starts laughing during the middle of it and they probably just like left it in but uh yeah check it out man goren so yeah that's my whatsapp picture
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I, just, it, I forget it's been that for
1: a good century, a <laughs> yeah, <but> century, yeah, <laughs> since what's up with a boy? That's what I'd say, it's like, that's almost a throwback to like Bebo days or something, that's been like, wow, <laughs> well, yeah, know, uh... yeah. <laughs> but I suppose, first and foremost, I mean, here's a chat away. Um, for the rare occasion that, you know, somebody, you know, doesn't know you, <laughs> Uh, uh, who, who? Who's that now? Um, <laughs> Most of Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> well, Irish guy, what was he doing all day? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Mm. I mean, for well, for all of my non-existent Swedish rollers, um, <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, your kind of background, I suppose, what you're known for, because I'm not going to try to tell you what I, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to try and explain to people what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
0: beeping noise coming from my end or your end? I think oh, that's
1: in... that's all you. Yeah, yeah, that's the Swedes. Yeah,
0: it's all go here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. now you try and do a podcast, and some asshole starts reversing the truck up the road. <laughs> Don't mind if it's a quiet, culture. Oh, Do you, you hear that? That's the Swedish ice cream van. And let me tell you, something. <laughs> tell you, something. the ice cream van, in Sweden. You can hear it, but you can never find it. So it always, I'd say about 90% of the time leads, leads to utter disappointment because you can hear it going, and it's like, can we get ice cream? It's like... You got a one in ten chance of finding it. So
1: <laughs> Can I just say as well, for every this just sounds like we're making up the story that you're in Sweden now with like there's the music and always coming there? It sounds too stereotypical. Like you'll just oh no, not the Yodelers next. Oh no
0: <laughs> <laughs> the common mistake that nearly everyone in Ireland I meet Oh, Switzerland, yeah. No, no, Sweden I are the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I'm basically on off. Uncultured swine, but um, somebody has to do it, so it might as well be Irish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, God. Um, but all right. you're all right. <laughs> but here, no, um, I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose explain to people like a little bit about your background, what you're known for. I mean, biggest one, I suppose, is Hardy bugs Vikings, but there's obviously a multitude of everything else. That's where I kind of hunted you down for, I suppose, to kind of chat about all this life as you know, Irishmen stuff like this. In it, like you were obviously a big part of, I suppose, my growing up. A lot of people's different culture as well, but like, like is that what you know? You would still kind of form yourself as you know. A performer, an actor, or I suppose, like what? What would you? You're kind of like. What, what, <laughs> I'm trying not to put words you write for, it, but I, this is what I would. You know, no use. All
0: trade master of
1: none, <laughs> <laughs> good all rounder.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, for me, like, for, well, naturally enough, I started off as the class entertainer, and then ended up as, um, yeah, did a bit of interrailing around Europe, and then. Yeah, kind of ended up back and forth to Sweden for like the last 19 years, no, 18 years, and um, yeah, lived quite a, yeah, lived in in New York twice, and uh, back went back to Liverpool worked on worked on a garage for my uncle with my with my dad who was also a very a larger than life character, somewhat <laughs> unhinged at times, uh, a male man, a builder uh, who looks like a, a Viking, so. We were working in Dublin years ago when I was a kid, and there was a boys' home next door in Ranelagh, and they were they were always going, "Yeah, we need the Viking," <laughs> so they were always calling the Viking. How you doing, lads? Uh, you all right? And we ended up, yeah, working on my uncle's shed <laughs> on my mother's side over in in Merseyside, and it was, I think the job was only supposed to take like three months, but it ended up taking nearly six months, and the house had to be then done up. To match the shed afterwards, so <laughs> you can get us back again. <laughs> but we did a great job of the shed. <laughs> the best
1: places. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> you, 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 I we're, feel like we're, you took me oh, on a backwards yeah. journey through. Like, well, yeah, I job right here. I've lived right there. And this is a childhood shed that I built in Ram.
0: <laughs> <Like>, All <laughs> started thirty eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. it comes at you quick.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose, like, I mean, that's, I mean, from, (laughs) maybe that was too broad of a question, but, like, maybe, yeah, bring (laughs) us back to, like, when did you first get get into, I suppose, like, when did you first kind of get into, you know, these roles that, I suppose, acting and performing in these kind of situations? Like, was it always something that you'd, like, gravitated towards and, like, had a passion for? Or, I suppose, was there ever potentially another path in mind? Because, as you said, you've had quite, like, a, you haven't really, like, the, your route that you've kind of came around and stuff like this, it's been quite <laughs> eccentric, okay. Remember, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, as my uncle
0: Eugene, who plays Big Mick, would say, he says, now, what I would say is, if you're fit, you're fit for anything. And that's my handbook, that's my credo for life. Well, um, yeah, but basically I, I grew up in a house with three sisters, all redheads, all fiery, um, explosive and very funny, uh, great women. Yeah. And my eldest sister, Patricia, she was the first, Like, like she, she's probably one of the funniest people I've ever known. And she would always make me do impressions of family members and people from school and neighbors and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, so then I, I kind of, I, I suppose I would be, I started performing to small audiences in, when I say just people who were in the house and uh, she'd be like, do an impression of, of uh, the neighbour there. And I'd be like, Caroline, come in for your dinner now, love. <laughs> and uh, Cilla Black was another one. <laughs> oh, tonight we have on, surprise, on surprise. You know, and that was... <laughs> <Sounds> Black, <funny. laughs> and Black. That was another one I used to do. And yeah just she got into doing um she went to lipper the Liverpool institute of performing <laughs> arts as well as my other sister which is run by paul mccartney and um yeah so she got into acting and she started doing theater and i think she had a couple of little parts in some bbc dramas and yeah so she moved to she moved back to because we were born like in in Wallasey, which is across the Mersey from liverpool yeah to an act Family, we had very much lived in a, an Irish community, and you know, yeah, live. You know, we were all kind of Irish descent, living in you know same kind of vibe with like the Smiths or Oasis, you know, like or or, or, or the lads from yeah, basically
1: the, like basically the same.
0: <laughs> okay. same thing, it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so she she got into the acting first, and then a couple of years. Later, well, she ended up just as she was kind of a, about to make it big. She ended up getting pregnant. And then afterwards, her life kind of took a turn in the mm. other direction, ended up getting into interior decorating. And now she's a, a, a great artist as well. Um But yeah, so I guess for me, I, I I got into music and I was a bit of a, a bit of a local head around Galway for a good bit. And yeah. And then we were just, yeah, working on the sites myself and the other lads from the Hardy books. And we, we always knew that like, from meeting, you know, it's funny. I came back from Sweden after being away for about nine months. I was in Greece for about six months and then Sweden for three months in 2003. And then I was hanging out with Pete, who plays French toast. And we, you know, we'd be all listening to the doors, having a few smokes like, and just drinking outside the school at night. And, <laughs> and then when we went to Galway to hang out with my friend Stevie B, he was like, come on, we're going to hang out with uh, Tom and Owen, man. The boys is out in Renmore." So then, you know, we got to know those lads. And then my I started going out with this goth chick from Sweden who I barely knew. She was like, she had just announced she was moving to to Ireland. And I was like, shit, I better find a place for her to stay. So oh, we needed a place to stay. And Owen had was had to leave this place in Renmore, So I just said, Owen, do you want to move in with us? Me, my sister and my Swedish girlfriend. And this English header I met, you know, this crusty dude who played a trumpet called you know, dreadlock lad from Home first, where they filmed Last of the Summer Wine and he was like, yeah, it's owned, I'd move in. So, you know, I'd never really lived, you know, I've never never had to go looking for a place before. I was about <laughs> twenty at the time. And so we we literally looked at the first house which was in out in Baliban. And we're like, this is a house. We will take this. Despite it looks like it's just it's still in the same shape as it was in nineteen fifty three. And uh <laughs> came with the original furniture and it was, you know, on the very edge of Galway, but we are like, that 50 quid a week each, that'll do. And so that's how I got to know Owen. He, he was in, him and Tom, the boo, they were in the, the year behind me in school. And so I always seen them as, you know, two little hard skins who were behind me. They were a part of the rugby boy group. And uh, yeah, so I, I realised that Owen was a, an incredibly funny individual. And so for the years that kind of passed four or five years, uh, we would just be sitting around, you know, watching funny YouTube videos and doing impressions, that kind of thing. And then uh, myself and Chris Tordoff, who plays the Viper, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd known him since he was 11. I took him under my wing in school, and uh, he he equally enjoyed just taking the piss nonstop and <laughs> watching comedy. So uh, I went to Ballyferment, and I, I, I don't know what I thought college was going to be like. I thought it was going to be like, uh, you know... Uh, John Belushi in um, what's the name of the film? Toga Toga, National Lampoon's Animal House or something. You like <laughs> know, I
1: was like, where are you going with this one? <laughs> you know, just uh, I thought it was gonna be Van Wilder or something, but it just turned out to be at College. I was about so, to say Ballyfermot doesn't, yeah, <laughs> doesn't scream yeah, the same kind of energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't have what what I well, it, it wasn't like American Pie Two, like I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? It was it was just like, have you got your work done? I was like, God, it's terrible. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't didn't graduate, and uh, then went off into Ireland and whatnot. But Chris Furness to him, he was a little bit more studious than I was. So he'd he did the right course, he did television, and he goes, hey, Martin. Do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do like a couple of characters in front of a camera? So that's when I started doing the the character of of Eddie Durkin, which was just like an amalgamation of like lads from town and a bit my dad thrown in. So yeah, basically the lads from he cut it together, shown it to a few of the people on his college course, and they were like, "This is really good." He did another uh, little demo that ended up on Bebo in two thousand seven in the flash box, uh, and that had a little bit of a ripple of. Of, of like notoriety through the internet <laughs> we did another one in like another demo in around october 2007 which was like the first three um, episodes on the youtube webisodes and that uh, yeah nothing happened for about a year chris kind of was busy with college and ended up on the hard drive and then a year mm. later we put it together and we were like i really feel like we've got something good here Yeah, on YouTube and one thing just led to another and we got a lot of help from Peter Ganley and Fergal Darcy who's now at Today FM and they were Mm. for iRadio and yeah they were getting me live on the radio and then fair play to our cameraman Simon Keenan, one of the the lads from Ballyfermot, he was working on the Podge and Rod show as a runner and he got wind of this Storyland competition
1: Mm.
0: so yeah we were we went for that and, you know, we were convinced that we wouldn't even get into the top 20. But then we did. Not only that, we got into the top 10 and then won the thing. And <laughs> yeah, it, it was it just everything. We were we were given this opportunity at a rapid pace. Like if, like uh, most of the lads didn't even have any ambition whatsoever to get into TV or comedy. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly they just become like, you know, an overnight sensation in the Irish comedy world, but we were always very much like, oh, oh those hardy books. What is that weird stuff from Mayo? I I don't know what it is. I don't <laughs> want to know. Uh, they're weird. They're not. They're, they're, they haven't been sanctioned properly. So we were always, you know, we were always outsiders. Like there, there was, I was always trying to even even before Horty books talk. Yeah, you know, I'd be ringing up the big agencies in Ireland. I'd be like. Yeah, I'm looking for. Oh no, we're we're fully even today. If I was to ring most of these these agencies, like, sorry, our books are full. I'm really, you know, call back another time. And yeah, best of luck now. Bye bye. <laughs> so uh, I just gave up to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, so it's been yeah. Then I ended up having kids, and you know, and that they believe it or not, they do take up a lot of time and energy. And I suppose they didn't really didn't really help matters much when I moved away Mm. from the country where I was known for my body of work so Mm. (laughs) yeah then we had another another, uh, kind of uh, a breakthrough when um, yeah I, I kind of helped negotiate a deal with Netflix via RTE and then yeah that opened us up to like Canada, America, Australia and before the whole COVID thing hit I was doing a couple of gigs in the UK and I just found it really funny to see lads coming my, to my show going, yeah, Durkin, what's the story with you? And I'm like, where are you from? Essex, mate. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> <got> lads- Interesting. <laughs> it's really weird, Connor. Like, I'll have lads from, like, Long Island going, what's the story with you? <laughs> uh, where's your Mitzi Turbo? <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, yeah I'm Boston. Yeah, 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 your owl lady's got whims. <laughs>
1: You'll be like, "Why is everybody quoting this?" I have no idea. <laughs> no idea what they're referencing. To. Yeah, wrong guy. Yeah, not that's not me. No, Okay, You care the wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I suppose.
0: I always thought, like, I always wanted to get into music, but I'm kind of not the most proactive of person, mm. and get uh, getting band members together is it's like herding cats. You know? <laughs> so uh, I. <laughs> that didn't work out but uh, yeah like like you know I started doing the Hardy Books podcast and the other lads were supposed to join me in that but then didn't and I was like so I'm just gonna have to like look for guests much like yourself and as you know yourself there you will try and find contacts with people and you'll you'll either get no response Mm. or someone will go oh yeah they're interested especially if you have to deal with people like middlemen it's like there's no oh, money through the really agents as well
1: me. yeah they'll be like what's the fee like... for this and then you're going like oh we'll see it's just like starting out at the moment um we're just kind of blah blah like this and then be like oh they're actually busy at the moment to be like i'm no, sure they fucking all... are
0: it was amazing how many people were so busy during a pandemic i was, <laughs> was like what are they doing are they gardening or you know what, what's, what's here <laughs> Uh, is a lot of funerals going on i don't know you know you, you, the mind would wander in such a time uh yeah a lot of people were very busy connor for me and yeah i kind of got a bit like for me i like i i i was diagnosed with adhd there a couple of years ago and then when i came back to ireland i was like well i think i'm just normal but by swedish standards are like yeah you, you you can't do the pie charts and the time schedules but, like uh I, I just think like so yeah, I probably am a bit wild and boisterous, and, <laughs> yeah, which which I like, you know. It's it's kind of like, you know. But but the the downside to having that kind of, uh, as Chris once said to me, uh, toward off, he said to me years ago, is, "Martin, you like a, a missile of creativity, but you just need to be guided in the right direction." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have anyone currently guiding apart from myself and. I don't really crack the whip on myself as hard as I should do. I'm a nice boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're very good to your voice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> the company's going bankrupt. <laughs> I suppose. If want another holiday, lads, it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> that, that, that's probably the most like succinct way I've talked me through essentially your whole life there. <laughs> I, I had all these like we notions be like yeah like do you know what I mean like I'll have to like probe my to be like what was like the inspiration behind your, 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 your and all but you were saying there you know it was kind of people that you're growing up with and I suppose when you're putting like <laughs> these kind of friendship oh, groups oh, as well yeah like headers like and stuff like this and you're chucked around all these different areas like and the way that you're able to pick up like the accents so well and stuff like this like no wonder they were being like lad we'll get you on this you know we'll like start you like maybe get some characters and I mean as you said like with the kind of circumstance that came in it and the kind of way that you know it seemed to absolutely explode like with like it just seemed to be the right timing with say the likes of you had people that were in right areas for it, like even your mate, you know, without like found out about Storyful, and then you had, you know, F- thing Darcy and all, like just you had the context in the right places. Like it seems like it was meant to happen at the time that it did.
0: It was, it was at a time where YouTube was still relatively, uh, it was, it was in its infancy, and then Facebook had just come along. So like every, everyone and their dog wasn't on Facebook, and, the, yeah. and, the, and they weren't doing videos, and that was, you see. Facebook and Google, they they, you know, with the acquisition of YouTube as well and algorithms taken over, it was a lot further back
1: then, mm. and people the, the ISIS system. I hear you.
0: Yeah, they really have done, and it was it's just oversaturated. <laughs> it was before businesses got onto Twitter and and wow. onto Facebook, and it was it was like the the wild west of social media. And you know, nowadays you look at Facebook. I mean, I'm very rarely on Facebook, um, and then you go onto Instagram as well. It's it's just full of like drop shipping commercials of people who've just <laughs> gone directly to the supplier. <laughs> China. It's like, buy these cool biker rings. <laughs> and then you're just basically, they're making money from just fulfilling your order from the, the factory in China. Yeah, so I just kind of, it's a weird, it's a weird
1: world we're now living in. And TikTok- You yeah, haven't made it onto TikTok, I was about to say, have you? Are, are you on TikTok, are you? I'm on it. I don't use it, but like, I consume it like- like to put it in perspective do you remember back right. when oh honestly it's like back whenever as you said you know when youtube and stuff start first start going off you know you just find yourself going down these rabbit holes of just really weird odd and space like the internet i think tiktok has basically done that but with people that already understand old kind of things like vine and you know all these other old platforms so then you've all this backlog of people's information and like these things are, they're not just coming th- things I know but oh yeah like I literally will spend hours like it's in- it's insane yeah do you know what I've just realized that your audio is
0: coming through the laptop <laughs> I was like what's the point <laughs> of having the headphones yeah I could hear my own
1: voice but yeah I, you know what I'm <laughs> You don't need them at this stage. Like you know that. what? I would say not. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose that was like just, you seem to be the right place, right time with coincidentally the right kind of people. And yeah, from everything that you were saying, you know, kind of just chucked around different areas and stuff like this. Like you seem to be fixated. During, like that's, you've kind of been wormed out a route that kind of like, I feel like it was meant to happen at the time that it did, if you get me. like Yeah, but do you know, weirdly enough, I always knew I was going to get some sort of break uh because I was I was always Yeah,
0: I was I was always like a, a good decent character, you know. I like I was you know, I was always kind and rowdy. I was kind of like people have equated me to kind of a like a, a big ginger labrador or something, you know what I mean? Just like, oh here he is. Woo! Or tore off when I whenever I used to come to stay in Dublin, he'd be like, Martin, you're like a bloody human tornado, you just like come into town, it's like uh. And then you're gone again, and it's just like a trail of madness. Uh, so yeah, I, I I thought somehow there would be a kind of a a break at some stage, whether it be music or whether it be uh, acting or comedy. Hmm. And I, I do I do it all, but like like I say, it's it's the focusing on one thing, you know. Um, but it has it has been a it's been a crazy ride. Like I I always thought I, I, I'd love to make it really big. You know, mm. like yes, Brosnan level, but mm. then I'm kind of looking at it now, going, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy enough with, with, you know, mostly Ireland because, you know, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where it's nice to just be able to walk around and have the anonymity. Mm. It's like here in Stockholm, I live a very normal life, and if I, if I, if I want to go in and get some, some recognition, I just go into an Irish bar, and it's like, oh, here he is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you set but up played, like
1: the kind of cult following i imagine as well to like say you know that kind of era of those kind of arty like sketches, like the savage eye and stuff like this that like there, it's not anything that's going to put you out of place but like it'll still get as you said you're walking to like an area of you know bit, you know get kind of accents and you'll just be like oh it'll be <laughs> people
0: just I, elope I think, to it But there, there are places i can't go into at certain times of the night for example <laughs> Uh, McDonald's on Grafton Street on a Thursday night, or Zaytune uh, on Wexford Street. It's just, uh, yeah. My my ex-wife came to Dublin with me. It was the first time like we'd had a night out for about a year and a half, and the entire night she just spent um, taking, holding people's cameras, taking photographs of me. Oh, uh, she hates that. I mean, like mo- most of the lads uh, who have, um, or who have had significant others absolutely hate the Hardy books, you know, with, with the it's like the, the ups and the downs and the drama and the and the bickering that would come with it at times. Uh and having to go away last minute. You know, it's it's difficult. You often see like actors will end up or performers will end up with other people in their same career because mm. they're the only people who get it or people who work within like management or or um ad- administration like what mm. whatnot. Uh, i i understand that the older you get because for those who, who don't get it, it it's it can be it could be a real roller coaster i mean like like when i moved back to sweden there was a uh, you know i'd be like quite bitter that you know i was like oh, i'm missing out on on good crack and work but now looking back i think it was for the best you know i, I mm. think uh, it could be quite easy to let it all go to your head and get carried away whereas I, I feel like i'm very i'm very much grounded and i've kind of gone back full circle to to how i was before before i mean it, it, when you're in the public eye all the time it, it kind of it, it it's hard for it not to i always told myself i'd never i'd never be a, a wanker with it you know and, and and the good thing is about being from swinford as probably the same crack up in Armar, or maybe more so. Uh, anyone who gets above their station and say, "Where are you coming from, with the fancy suit jacket, you prick?" <laughs> I remember you when you were when you were an old blackguard around the town. So uh, yeah, you, I, I, I take that with a song. Never forget where you're coming from. Is, uh, is 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 something that is instilled into you when you're. You
1: know, mayo. Oh, I would say so, yeah. Havley's much like it's the I think it's the idea of notions, you know, somebody that, you know, starts to do kinda of well or maybe a bit of notoriety or something like this. Not that I can fucking compare it to like <laughs> its like You're, You're on the uh, way, you You're on the way. I mean, I'm already gonna see it in family group chats, be like, Oh fucking influencer and be like just like talking to people, the fuck, fuck off yeah. like... big man on the internet yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no that's not me at all <laughs> um, that's why well, to run away at Dublin it was getting too big up north for me oh just couldn't get out in the streets tell me about it um, but yeah I suppose that like Musters has been mad as well like as you're saying like at that time it like it had such like a big fall and you know it obviously still has like the remnants and stuff today but like I couldn't imagine like like it, it just sounds hilarious. Like <laughs> you try to go around and being like, you know, being mobbed and stuff for photos. Like, was that like one like like was it literally being like that? Like, I suppose, yeah, I in mean, that kind of early days.
0: Yeah, early day. Even even today. I mean, like, and, oh, you get like. I remember we were coming back from doing a gig in Limerick. I don't know, maybe it was about six or seven years ago. Hmm. And we were in uh, Eddie Rockets on the on the way back towards uh, Mayo, just, uh, going north out of, Gore, out of Limerick. And I just remember seeing someone, like, surreptitiously taking a picture of us. I was like, you know, you could ask, and we would we'd do a proper uh, picture. No, we're not interested. Usually it's fine, man. Like, I, the good thing is, because we bring a lot of laughter and good crack to people uh, you know, it's funny. I remember like Tom who plays the boo years ago going, fucking sick of people telling me how fucking class we are. Fuck, I'm fucking sick of this shit. I'm like, You're <laughs> yeah, came here, Tom. People coming up to you. I, mean, I said, Jeez, man,
1: that's a, it's a tough cross to carry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just gets really tired after a while. Do you know what I mean like I I know I'm good, but like getting told it, like, uh, like it, 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 it takes its word on you. Pure brezy crap.
0: Uh, It's not easy being a big star and oh, fuck, the pressure. Faber
1: J eggs gone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I suppose, like, I mean, (laughs) you kind of did touch upon it as well, like, obviously, you know, how this all came into it. But I suppose, like, before this, like, you know, started and, you know, you kind of got to this point of, like, fame and notoriety for, you know, especially Hardy Books, whatever, like this, and, like, in this kind of, like, field that people knew you as, like, this character, like, Maybe tell us about, like, the other jobs, I suppose, like, character building jobs that, like, you may have had, like, growing up that maybe informed, you know, the oh, person God. that, like, you specifically are today. Because I feel like you already kind of just dumped so many different, just be like, I moved from here, moved to there, like, I was with this person, this was, like, how it around. But, like, obviously that's already informed, like, so much of you. But are there any kind of, like, standout, like, you know, jobs that you are doing growing up? Because it just seems oh, that you've done everything, everywhere, true get ready for it so when I was
0: seven my mum thought it was a good idea to send me to work with my uncle Martin who gets up at about five and you know often gets home at like 11 or 12 a man who lives to work and he was working in plant machinery so it, you know I got my first wage packet when I was seven and I remember like the first day going out to work with him we went off from Wallasey up to like North Lancashire or Yorkshire to look at some machines. And it was a, yeah, a bit of a soft day, walking around looking at the machines and going for fry-ups. And then at the end of this day, did a bit of work and whatnot. And then he presents me with this brown envelope, <laughs> pack style, with um, <laughs> a couple of coins in it. And it, it said, he goes, read that, what does that say? And I went, Martin Maloney, wadges, no wages, you donkey. So that was like my first touch of, of coin. Uh, so then I was out, you know, when I was, when I was 10 again, like, um, and he had me out. every Saturday morning. I remember I was looking at cartoons I never knew existed and I'd never be up that early to enjoy them. I was like, wow, look at this. This is like the Knights of the Round Table shit. This is amazing. I was yeah. like, it goes outside. I just remember we had Bertie, my, our first dog and he was a puppy and I was like, Oh, I just want to stay at home, watch these cartoons and play with the dog. But uh, yeah, so I'd be out working with him all day and he'd be like, loosen up, you- I want to see you shwaking, loosen up. And I went, what's he mean, loosen up? Like, and do this and be all floppy uh, and break into a bit of work. So I was, yeah, I was exposed to too much work too soon. And afterwards I was like, there's more to this. And So I would be working with him on and off. I'd go over for the summer when I was like 16 and he'd have me up at like six in the morning, home at two. Working seven seven days a week, and I was like, I need the Sunday off just to hang out with some people my own age. But yeah. there'd be all these characters coming in, like and and you know all, all mostly Irish lads who mm. were working in in like construction, and I think that definitely shaped my my um my comedy chops, and because my uncle was very funny and whatnot, and uh, like my 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 family at home. But in terms of jobs, I've worked supermarkets. I've worked doing henna tattoos out in Greece. I've worked in charities, saving stray cats and dogs, worked in pubs, uh, music teaching, uh, caretaker, construction.
1: <laughs> God, your LinkedIn looks class, yeah. <laughs> I, I omitted
0: those ones. Uh, yeah, and God, I mean, just lo- loads of stuff. Like, you know, um, often after, you know, moving back to Sweden, I, you know, I, I went back into the hospitality game as well. and That was a bit of a a bit of humble pie. Cause I was like, I could get like 600 quid for just turning up and, and taking pictures and having a drink. And now I'm, you know, working for a proper wage. Um, yeah. yeah. But this is, this is all part of it, man. You know, I used to think, uh, I naively think when I was younger, like that, w- once you made it into the world of fame, mm. like, you just stayed up there. But the, 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 world of fame, I look at it as being like a cloud. And once the, when, st- when the cloud gets heavy, it, it, it participates, precipitates those people who aren't relevant, and it r- rains them out, and you're out in the <laughs> cloud, and you're into obscurity. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got. I suppose, yeah, you're kind of. For me, I was never fame hungry. Do you know what I mean? Like there are yeah. people who do anything to stay up, and I'm like, nah, look, it, it is what it is, and mm. uh, uh, I, I never, I never played the celebrity game, or I never kind of. Uh, we, you know, when, when it all started breaking out, we'd be invited to, like, uh, you know, um, premieres of films. And I remember going to, like, the IFTAs going, wow, we're meeting all these people. And then, yeah. then after a couple of years, I guess I just kind of was like, what's the point of all this? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, it, as my mother would say, these people have to wipe their arse the same as you and me. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got the glossy veneer of, of the showbiz world for, for me a couple of years ago I just kind of like I was like that ah, is what it is get in get the job done and, and out you go again yeah um, but you know it's it's a funny it's a funny road because life can throw some some shitty situations at you but you know it's all about how you deal mm. uh, I, I've been through a, a you know even you know divorce and heartbreak and and you know, what, what happens since. And, you know, I've, I've, yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of hardships in life and even having to move back from, you know, parents divorced an early age and uh having to move back to Ireland and start again was, was a really big upheaval. But we, you know, we, we, I think it was definitely for the best that we did mm. that because, you know, uh things happen in life at the time that are, aren't easy to deal with. But then look, when you look back a few years later, you're like, well, that, that difficult time that I, I went through, uh, shaped me
1: and
0: mm. tempered me in the fire. So, you know, you, 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 navigate yourself through tragedies and, and loss and, uh, the highs and lows in life. And I think, uh, the older you get, the more you kind of, you're grateful for the, for everything that life throat throws at you for better or for worse, you know? So, yeah, yeah comment why i brought that up <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of like look it's it's uh it's not the be all be all and end all really mm. and, um so i kind i quite like i quite like being on the uh, on the the peripheries now instead of like you know looking at people who they're, they're, they're just they, they need to be in the limelight all the time you know and yeah i, I feel yeah. I mean, well,
1: I, I mean, you're saying on the peripheries, um <laughs> You'll be happy to know this. Uh, this podcast actually got number three, and uh, the comedy interviews in Albania. So, um, yeah, Albania's on chartable today. Actually, I was like, I wonder how he's doing on chartable. It's like the <laughs> three comedy in Albania. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Hey, baby. I was I knew you said it was done with fear, but I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and then I looked up the Hardy Books
0: podcast to see where that was because I haven't obviously done any episodes for quite a while. I was like, it wasn't in anything. I was like
1: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Um, to be fair, the only reason, <laughs> no, absolutely, the only reason I've ever, like, I I do not have listeners from Albania, but it was literally, I did an interview with um, a guy called Flat Earth Dave, and uh, I, I I don't know whether there's a big Flat Earth community in Albania, but uh, they, they hopped in that one real quick. Like, so... um an Irish guy in, in UCD, by any chance. Huh?
0: Flat earth dave is he a guy from ucd
1: no he is a guy that got in touch he's very american um from like i'd say new york and i uh, he'd actually just commented on one of my podcasts being like hey you should do this and, like you know let's talk this in this the podcast and I was going like yeah fuck it. go on let's see <laughs> i did one with uh, joe rogan's
0: mate eddie bravo on my podcast and he was talking you know i was like I was like, whatever I do, don't talk about the flat Earth. And uh, he goes, hey, Yo, I got a question for you, man. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, You married to the ball? I'm like, Am I like, what? You married <laughs> to the ball, dude? I'm like, what does that mean? Are oh, you Here's a
1: ball tard?
0: I was like, Oh no, where we go. Uh, but I, had to I, mean, look, I, I kind of, I enjoy having conversations, no matter how sublime or ridiculous. You know, mm. I will entertain it. But he's like, 18 months, you'll be converted. But you're like, where the hell did all this come from? Because, uh, you know, like you were saying about rabbit holes, like for me, it's kind of like, all right, let's have a look at this. And I'm like, oh, there's a plausible argument for that. But um, I'm like, I think I'll leave that over there. <laughs> but, but, but there was, a, uh, my friend Ed O'Neill, American guy, had sent, like, someone had sent him a thread about an Irish guy who wanted to go down to Antarctica. To, because whatever the hell's going on down in Antarctica, according to Flat Earth people, yeah. you're not allowed to go there. So I
1: was like, Everyone oh, was, it's because it's at the edge. It's there's supposed to be. Dave was explaining this all now. It's yeah, it's it's all yeah, very it scientific. Cool. Apparently, there's like an ice ring that surrounds the world and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. This is why I'm like are you interested now to a see like what
0: what, what show
1: kind of Oh, life. I've honestly no idea. Like well, the man was. Everyone
0: awful. was giving them a really hard time. They were like, "Are you mm. fucking idiot?" And I was like, "So I, I just wrote, you know, you know what, mate? If you believe that the Earth is flat, then." Go and have an expedition there and film the entire thing nonstop and then at least you went and did it yourself. I mean, like, you know, you know, I'm like, let the man go and do it. If he's if he can raise the money to do it, and that's what he wants to do, and he's passionate about it, let him go. And then when he gets there, hopefully he will come to a conclusion one way or another. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> but I, I have got into into kind of uh, debates with people about it on uh on on like youtube comment sections and all that and i'm like well what's the big deal if it is flat i mean you're still stuck on the earth like you know what i mean (laughs) and and they're like well it's proof of god man i'm like all right but but like you're still stuck on this plane of existence i mean it's like (laughs) you haven't got the resources to bloody leave so like why are you putting so much effort into this
1: yeah but, yeah that seemed that's, to be like,
0: there are people who get too far down and they, they neglect their their you know income and they you know their family like oh look you're, you're going a bit too far but that's i mean there that's the thing like the, the internet is a very strange place it, it's I, <laughs> I often when you when you consider the the internet as being the information superhighway, you know if you leave the highway you'll go down a main road and down a main road, you'll end up in a smaller road and then you'll end up in some bizarre cul-de-sac going, shit, how do I do a U-turn and get out of here?
1: Yeah, so, and then you'll end up with on a random podcast with some spacky naughty kid and you'll be like, Jesus Christ, what's <laughs> happening to me now? Being like, Jesus,
0: you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And I suppose I like, like- <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I suppose like, from like, I mean, I just said, from like, there sounds like you've got ridiculous stories from like all precepts of your life. I mean, I was going to even like get kind of chat there about like, oh, clearly, you know, it was evident where you got, you know, characters and, you know, your humour from with, <laughs> since you work at the age of seven, uh, child labour, um, but like, do you know what I mean? Like everything, as you said, like, you know, it takes like all of these you new know, random situations and you were very much thrown into the fucking pits of it as well like and i think you just talked it like a fish like water um but like have there been i suppose it's <laughs> right this fucking madness that has seemed to just been in your life like have there been any major standout moments that kind of like came from being in this you know precipice i suppose or like just from wherever the winds can take you that like you never could have like imagined could have happened, like or because honestly for you it doesn't sound like anything was out of the breaths of reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, you you know what? I'm just, just like like for, here's something that you can take this or leave it. But uh, coming back, I was coming back from doing a gig in in Le- I was at Leeds on Paddy's Day or the day before hmm. Paddy's Day, 2019. Did a gig with a band called Cronin, who are basically they're shaped, they're they're a band unto themselves. But uh, one of the lads was uh, from the same town as one of my old friends, Tommy Cox, who died um, in a tr- tragic accident in, in, in Galway uh, back in 2005, uh-huh. uh, God rest him. But um, I, met, I then became friendly with Paul Gallagher, Liam O'Neill Gallagher's brother, uh, in 2018, and, and we're good mates now. <laughs> and he, in, when I met him at his birthday party in Mulrani in Mayo, I meet I meet this guy Fikra. I was like, "Hey Martin, Jeez, I, I was going? I haven't seen you since Tommy's wake." I'm like, and I, I remember having you know a great jam with him, and being like, "Wow, this dude, he's boshing the tunes out." And I was like, I, said, I remember saying to him at, at the at the wake in Weir's Bar in, in Multi I was like, "She's man, you're brilliant on the guitar." And he goes, "Sure, what are you saying, man? You're you're after playing loads of Led Zeppelin and shit?" And I was like, "Touche, fair play." Um, <laughs> but um, so I met him again. He gets us the gig in 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 Leeds in the Irish Centre and whatnot. And then uh, we went to London the next day and, and they were doing a gig in Cricklewood. So I went to, I went into town and then later on, I went up to Highgate and I met Paul and uh, we went to the Boogaloo Bar and Johnny Borrell from Razorlight was in there. I was like, fucking hell, Johnny Borrell, everyone's out tonight. And then later on, we were, you know, uh, I met Christopher Eccleston, the Doctor Who guy, uh, <laughs> Niall Hor, oh, not Niall Hor- uh what's his name, the other lad with the curly hair. <laughs> all two of them Um... Uh, Harry Styles uh, Harry Styles walked in with Liam Gallagher and I was like jeez the big guns are out tonight (laughs) I met them and had a great time and then I was flying back to Sweden the next day And uh, about 15 minutes before we land I look out the window and the cabin lights are off and I see what looks like like a town underneath us in the clouds I was like oh we must be getting close to Stockholm and then the light starts moving and then out of, the, out of the, the, the clouds comes this glowing ball of light, just straight up silent. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And then there's this, this old guy who I hadn't spoken to before this. He was a Swedish guy in the 70s. He had a bit of Parkinson's going on. He was just right. eating a Toblerone. My, I had a bit of a kip before I woke up. Um, and my memories before going to sleep were, was just him munching a Toblerone directly out the box. So I look out the window, I see the ball of light go up and then start doing like a right angle turn and starts following parallel to the plane. I just grabbed this old dude. I was like this and went, look. So he looks out the window beside us. The two of us are just looking at this thing. And I'm like, I, I, when I was watching it, I was like, of course I had to see this. You know what I mean? I was like, of course it was. It, it had to happen to me. And it just went right off in front of the, of the plane. So he, he just grabs me and, go, and he's shaking and he goes, Oi, 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 do you an awful? And I went, yeah, it was. But uh, of course I read about the, the, Which They were called Foo Fighters. Um, and that's where, that's where the name, the Foo Fighters Band, came from because uh, the Allied pilots, when they'd be flying over doing the bombing raids, they would see them off the starboard side of the, the plane, which I saw them. So I turned around, there was a guy behind me, he was a, uh, an English lad with Egyptian parents, He was dressed in a, in a suit, he had his iPod, uh, iPod buds in, or whatever you call them, yeah. ear pods. And I turned around to him and I went, sorry, mate, did you see that thing outside? I went, I fucking did. What the hell was that? It had intelligence. So yeah, so that was basically my UFO story. And now, obviously, in 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 like the media, and <laughs> are now saying oh, yeah, uh, the, the Pentagon are releasing, yeah, declassified. Uh, and I'm like, whatever the hell, I I have no idea what that was. Yeah. You know, but weird as it looked, kind of looked normal enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, was like, it wasn't like Independence Day or something. It was like cinematic. It was just like, that looks really weird, but kind of normal at the same time. So, so Yeah, so that's the kind of weird shit. That I mean, I got bitten by a Rottweiler when I was in Greece. Landlady's Rottweiler bit me. Uh, we had a good relationship until that. And then uh, but I, I come home pissed in the morning and be like, oh, big fat head, look, oh, who's a good girl? And then one morning I came out, and uh, I was hit by a car when I was 12 on my way to school. You know what I mean? Like, I just the amount of mad shit
1: that happens, you know, it's... Um, and most, write- of this, most of this is unrelated from, <laughs> from like, say, the kind of like... <laughs> Time of like Hardy books, like most of this, it's just completely unreal. This is just you living your life as be. (laughs) You
0: know, I I always look back and go, "Of course, it had to happen to me." You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, first one of the group to get kids, first one of the group to get divorced. You know, and it's just like, okay, brilliant. Yeah, you you just gotta keep rolling,
1: as uh, Limbisky would say. Rolling roll, but I suppose like, I'm. I'm also afraid to fucking ask this next one, but I suppose it it kind of leads us on, self, and you know, it was kind of relating back to you know that you have to have the lows of the highs and all like this. But like, have I suppose have there been any major like horror stories that came from you know being in this industry, whether it was you know. In the yeah. music, whether yeah. it was in, in the media, whether it was in any kind of one, like honestly, like I feel like yeah, you have into, just into, experienced everything. Oh, well, yeah, well, here's another
0: thing. Yeah, uh, horror stories got into a fight at my own gig with bouncers in the big tree, and they were just fucking like throwing kids around like they were, you know, footballs. And uh, <laughs> like, and then, then they kind of got a bit, sh- one like got a bit shitty with me, ended up in a, a scrap and in any ordinary part of the world or Mayo, it'd be like, Oh yeah, you, you were doing a bit of scrapping there. Look, and the, the hands would be shook the next day and it would be forgotten about. Yeah. But obviously the bouncers thought they were going to get a few quid out of me. Uh, there was a, a guard who wasn't a fan of Hardy books and, uh, wanted to make a name for himself. <laughs> and yeah, that ended up going on a, yeah, we like a court case that went on for like a year and a half. And I'm waiting to hear this. So the, the, the cop gives me my, um, I had to go in and present myself to Mountjoy uh, Garda station in like 2000 and oh, I think it was 2013 so I was on the celebrity apprentice I was off that first mayo had just lost to dublin the day before in the final and then I was there on I think it was the the monday night getting my uh, arraignment uh, or like the the you know the 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 charge sheet or whatever it was of this daft fucking incident and I'm being fired first on the apprentice. And that's another story in itself. I was like, damage limitation. I've got to get out of this place. I've got to get off this rock, man. And the, there was a, a sergeant, a vanguarder, who comes down and she sees me sitting there and she goes, Do I know you from somewhere? I went, Possibly. She goes, Were you just on the apprentice getting fired? I went, Yeah. And she goes, Fuck's sake, man, you poor bastard.
1: <laughs> so yeah,
0: yeah the, there was a fair bit of media coverage there and of course like when it was going for the arraignment which i thought that oh, won't be a big deal just going to court and no one will ever suspect that i'm walking in there, this guy who's in one of the biggest comedy shows in ireland so yeah. the night before my friend gavigan who i call the henchman um he goes my, my mates opening a bar called bigs bigs bar on the keys around the corner there's three pints of guinness It's great crack so I was like, well, I guess we can go for a few and then go in for the arraignment tomorrow. And funny enough, he lived on the same road as the courthouse. So all I needed to do was roll out of bed and walk 100 metres, and I was at the courthouse. So when I was going into this arraignment, there's just a whole load of paparazzi going, here he is, lads. And uh, of course, I was swelt with the pints from the night before and treated the thing like I was like you know, going on to work. <laughs> into a comedy show and then it was like double page spreads and all the papers and my sister who was my manager I, I got back to Mayo that, uh, le- the next day and she was showing me all the paper clippings of me and there is like I was doing all these like waving like how's it going everyone and, and doing the Martin Cowell, the general and of course all <laughs> those papers went all over the, all yeah. those pictures went to the papers I gave them what they wanted to see basically yeah. I was a showman and yeah. when I came out they were there again. I was like, I've got to get, I've got to get out of here. So I jumped in a cab and I and he goes, where are you going, pal? I'm like, literally around the corner to my mate's cab. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a pretty a pretty shit experience, to be quite honest with you. But um, again, uh, I probably like, the, the behaviour was kind of with the party and was just getting a bit out of hand. So I was kind mm. of like, probably a, a blessing in disguise because I, I certainly did uh, grow up since then, like so uh, yeah, that, that was that. <laughs>
1: like you, <laughs> obviously, people are listening, but like I just had to take off my gla- like <laughs> glasses there to be like sorry, a- like what, like I was just like that was not what i was expecting at all i was expecting you know something be like yeah like you know you get some kind of people that you'd be like oh you think you're class or do you know what i mean you just get some you know hate online or something like this you know people just like giving you shite but jesus i love that start off well like was got fired from the apprentice next it was a court case happening like it was like all this way and i was just saying like that's that's not that is nowhere near where i thought this was gonna go I think this is this entire interview I haven't expected any of these things to go the thing is,
0: like, here's the mad thing right I, I, like I look at I look at like how I mean, without blowing my own trumpet right I look at how short-sighted some of these uh agents are and and, and you know the people in the industry because I I think the thing is with with Hardy books because I did it so well yeah they probably just thought like that's who I was yeah and uh, They were like, no one wanted to touch me. Because I I kind of primarily did that role for a number of years. It it kind of, um, in some ways... Pigeon box. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the the whole Eddie Durkin character is is, is just a slither of of what what I'm capable of doing. And I haven't really had much of a opportunity to, to, to really... Uh, you know, tap into all of that life experience and those <laughs> observations and the mimicry of of certain of certain things. Um, but it was nice to get the touch in Vikings. You know, that was that was a, a, a serious piece of drama. Uh, it doesn't get any more dramatic than having your your having your leg and arm tied to a tree stump and the other one to a sapling and then having both limbs torn off and th- thrown in the air. So mm. uh, I like I did a pretty decent job of pretending to be. Um, yeah, quartered, should we say?
1: Guys, <laughs> uh, the, the limit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I feel like I could just like keep asking. Like I, I, I always want to just keep recording. Ranked huh? plenty of stories for the grandkids to tell you. yeah exactly like I you were saying that you could write a book I want this book I feel like I could just like ask you anything like other that is but I'm like conscious as well that like you've just you've just unpacked so much I did not you know <laughs> expect at all so like I suppose like we're just getting started it
0: you know what I mean it's like
1: I suppose like from from all of this that's happened, like, and where we are now, like, what the fuck does the future hold for you? Like, like, are there any, like, big goals, I suppose, that you want to achieve that you haven't? Because, like, I feel like you keep just, like, you know, <laughs> breadcrumbing me huge fucking things that, like, in anybody else's, you know, eyes would be, like, you know, travelled around so many places, lived out in so many areas, you know, things have happened to you throughout your life, like, even just, like, situations that you've happened to get yourself in, like... <laughs> I feel like we've got stories upon stories, but like, is there any big kind of goals that like now that like, I suppose, because you have had such an experience At, at the
0: moment, uh, for me like
1: right, with, with the whole
0: upheaval of of, of what's happened globally uh, I think a lot of things that I, I was I was going to go and do a tour of the States Australia, UK yeah. um, but like, for now, you know one thing I suppose um being divorced look i, I i'll i always love my ex-wife she's a mother of my kids and we still get on very well but, but i guess we were just kind of incompatible towards the end um but like you know very much still have great time for each other and you know we'd always be there for each other if need be and whatnot but for yeah. me i just want to kind of focus on being the, the best dad i can be you know teach my children how to to be as uh wise as serpents as gentle as doves as they make their way into the into the world you know and um yeah so just to just be as 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 present as as a as a, as a father and um yeah just just um, you know the, the thing is like i said earlier on which i suppose took me off on that massive um
1: <laughs> massive
0: uh, tangent was which one Michael <laughs> <laughs> what, the main one about uh, the celebrity crack uh, which this was the original point I meant to make was life will uh, um, my sister Patricia has a friend called Maria who's a Greek artist living back in Swinford and she tried to tell me something that life will give you default opportunities and I didn't really understand what she meant by that and now I do it's like there are things that will happen for for, for better mm. that you can't imagine mm. Um and then it's up to you to basically make the best of that break when when it when it uh rears its head and, and mm. for me my my whole kind of since I was a kid my way of 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 living which i'm kind of which you know again incompatibility with ex-wife she very much about like ocd with calendars and writing lists and whatnot mm. whereas my whole kind of way of life was merrily 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 gently down the stream and <laughs> if a nice opportunity does present itself i was like oh i'll have a bit of that and you know uh, i sometimes ha- sometimes you know especially during filming a fan because it's so intense and you're meeting so many interesting people uh you have the you know during the hardy books you'd have these um you know a day off you might have some sort of weird kind of epiphany and a couple of years ago I I kind of came to the conclusion that when when you kind of let go of the reins in life instead of trying to micromanage every aspect of it you let go of the reins and then you trust that things will work out and they generally do and I spoke to Neil Winterledge our first AD and he was like Martin, that's very true. I once had a conversation with Michael Ironside, the actor, and he told me the very same thing. So there is certainly a lot of credence and wisdom within that revelation. So I was like, "That's I I very eloquently stated." Um, but yeah. <laughs> God, for one second. Um, so yeah, basically, if you if you you know let let go of. Um, of the reins and be open to opportunities. Things will work out and just always have a positive attitude. And it sounds really cliche, but always be grateful, have, um, you know, be, be grateful for, for, for everything, you know, your, 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 your family, your health, the good, you know, the fact that we enjoy food and, uh, we have a roof over our head. And sometimes, you know, when we're like, Oh, like life, life can be stressful in the West, but yeah. you know, we, we're we're all we're all blessed with gifts and it's always it's very important to be grateful and uh try to try to be as as humble as you can in in while uh, going through life. <laughs> yeah.
1: I suppose can I just say it? I was like literally me ringing up my friend earlier like and having like a proper <laughs> whatever part in this life I like I'm only, I'm only coming twenty three, like and I just be like, the fuck am I doing with myself or whatever like this? I feel like <laughs> Talking to you today, I was like, literally, one of those like ones where I'm like, coming you know, where you like kind of get settled back in your feet a wee bit, like your shoulders ease a wee bit harder. I just feel like that's been like a bit of a therapy session to be like, you know what? It'll happen for itself. It'll work itself out. And I mean, you're proof of the pudding. Like, do you know what I mean? Like with the, but, but the <laughs> where, thing where I, things what, have what, kind what, of what,
0: led on. Yeah, but I, I believe I'm a firm believer in paying it forward as well. You know, yeah. I, like another lad from Galway I need to get get onto him I, I kind of forgot about it but I'll, I'll also go on his podcast because the thing is you have you have a lot of people in the industry it's like I want to be exclusive I want to be exc-. this is it, it's just it's all wrong man I like for me I know the effort that you put into doing podcasts because I've done it as well and when I had Eddie podcast, oh, onto- <laughs> <laughs> I dm <laughs> people and then get them on <laughs> You know, it, it's it's, ni- it's nice to be nice, nice to, uh, to, as I said, pay it forward. And, um, you know, I, ho- I hope that this, for you, uh, you know, it has been a, a great podcast. And, you know, and, uh, ho- hopefully, you know, I can do what I can to get you a, cu-
1: a, cu- a couple of extra listeners in Albania. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's really what I'm hoping for. That is my key demographic. Now, I mean, Sweden, untouched yeah. territory for me. So, <laughs> this is really it. But no, I suppose, like... As I said like we keep talking away there And I usually play a game with some I guess, as well Where I write down like key points of things That they've you know mentioned throughout the podcast And then you know try to do like a kind of quick fire game The list is too long like the page is done So I can't even play that game Like it's <laughs> essentially it just leads them on to be like What do you think of interviews um, But like man just I suppose if people yeah like I, I, it's going to be like people want to see what you do next whatever like this but like I, I don't know if there's any kind of plugs or anything that you want to give like I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just so lost for words after this one it was not what I expected at all <laughs> hey
0: life comes out you quick, Connor <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but honestly sir I mean thank you so much again I say this no, kind of start like have you considered um, putting these up, these recordings up on YouTube? Oh, they're on YouTube. Don't you be worrying. I'm making the backlog of it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you're like, I dressed up for this. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I put the hat on and everything.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I took the dog for a run and, and and had a had a gym session before this, so I'm, I was I was in I was nice and fresh for it. You know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I but shower as well. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, is it even worse that if people want to follow whatever you're doing else? Like, are you happy enough? You've had it. People, you know, they, they can see you where they want to. Yeah, so I'm on I'm on YouTube,
0: uh, Maloney's Digest, where uh, I, I I'd be talking shite on that. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Maloney101. And um, yeah, also check out the Hardy Books podcast. There's some good stuff there. And I started writing the Hardy book, which is almost a like kind of a, um it's more I wouldn't say fan fiction but it's like you know it, it leads into erotica into, I hear you
1: yeah <laughs> or more of a back catalog
0: or, or a canon of uh of things that couldn't have possibly been put into the show because it's it's a lot it's a lot more nuanced and goes into kind of a cross-section of small town diplomacy for example and the code of conduct in a small town like castletown and uh, yeah, I really have to get back on that. But what I did is I set the bar a bit too high and it took me like a month to two, like a hundred minutes of uh, content. And I was like, oh God, I can't do that again for a while. So um, yeah, <laughs> but- I, will, I will get around to it eventually. The, the latest chapter was talking about how Buzz's ancestor, Zachary McDonald, started the first Irish pub called Cromwell's Arse on Plymouth Rock. Uh, Got to finish it. Uh, yeah. It- <laughs> We ran into the uh, the new model army during the siege of Clonmel while going down to talk to Jimmy Magner about Clonmel champagne. That is
1: bombs. <laughs> Do you know what? So it's like fertile ground. I I I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just. <laughs> but no, Aussie sir, like I say this to every kind of guest. I like I would invite on. I start this in lockdown just to have a bit of like a essentially to chat to people that weren't I wasn't living with and to kinda of give myself a bit of sanity, but like it's kind of me just chance my arm every single week and or like, you know, just to people that I find, you know, interesting or have really wanted to so honestly like for me it's just some randomer dropping into your dms being like you're doing a chat whatever i guess aussie thanks so much for taking the time out of your day and yeah really just i know breathing your life i mean yeah we we really went through it all (laughs) thank you for you can invoice me later on (laughs) <laughs> yeah no um yeah I, I very much really changed my number after this but no dear <laughs> here thanks so much Martin for coming on and just passing up with everything I suppose <laughs> All right. absolute pleasure you're a grand
0: young man <laughs> <laughs> see you later mate good luck more
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Finterviews. If you want to support the podcast, and if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to give us a like, share, subscribe, and if you can, a five-star rating on whatever lesson platform you're on, that stuff is golden. Also, if you would like to get in touch with, say, any suggestions who you would like to hear next in the podcast, or also get involved with the intervention. that uh, if you haven't heard before, it's kind of like an agony ant story thing. You can of course find me on socials and give us a message there. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter basically anything. You look up Vinterviews or Vinterviews Podcast give us a wee follow, give us a message and yeah, let me know uh, how you're doing the podcast. Until next time thanks again for tuning in and I'll chat you later. Bye!